0: Hello, and welcome to One Stop Co-op Shop, your one-stop for board game news and reviews. This week, Steve and Elijah are going to catch up on all the board game news and give you a top five review.
1: Welcome to One Stop Co-op Shop. My name is Steve. And I'm Elijah. And in this week's episode, we're going to discuss and review U-Boat. And with us, we have a special guest, Jason, from Every Night's Game Night. Are you sure that isn't pronounced U-Boat? Well, in American words, Yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> i'm a darn yankee is what i am it's <laughs>
1: i have a lot of german friends so i'm gonna try <laughs> at least. <so. laughs>
2: well thank you very much uh, thank you i always love joining you so this is a, this will be a fun one
1: so with three of us on this episode we thought we'd jump straight into the review of uboot so this game is a fully cooperative app-driven real-time game where each player assumes roles on a u-boat submarine in world02 an attempt to achieve various missions and scenarios in an open-world environment. It's important to note that this game is not possible to play the game without the app. The base of the game is is centered around a worker placement system where you have orders and workers being placed, or sailors in, in this game, being placed in different areas of the submarine to achieve the tasks and needs. There are four different roles present in this game. There's the captain, first officer, navigator, and chief engineer. And these roles will be divided amongst the number of players in the game. You can play one player, in which case they'll take on all the roles, or up to four players where you split the roles per person. And the roles will do different things, like the captain, he maintains the orders and the morale system. The first officer will operate the app itself and let people know of any events and keep track of the medical supplies. The navigator will plot positions on the map, keep track of the tactical situation in case there's uh, contacts in the area, so he'll figure out what those are, and he'll also cook the meals. And the engineer will try to keep the submarine running, so he'll keep track of the, the depth or speed and any environmental issues we have and any repairs that need to be made. In addition to that, there's a whole slew of actions you can do in the game, and I'll just run through a few of these. Uh, we won't go through any details because there's a lot in this game. There's no way we can cover it on this podcast. But something you can do in the game, like, you can hop on the periscope, you can uh, use their targeting computer for torpedoes, you can have people on on deck to look for contacts. You have a 20 millimeter gun for engaging aircraft, an 88mm gun for engaging other boats. Uh, like I said before, you can cook meals, there's a hydrophone so you can listen to water for contacts. There's Enigma machines, you can decode and encode messages to and from other U-boats or headquarters. And you have all the normal uh, tasks on the boat, like maintaining engines and speeds and course.
2: I think it's pretty important to note, like, all the actions that you're talking about. Like, this is a sim, you know? Uh, This is a... You are... The whole point of this game is to be in a World War II submarine doing all the things, or most of the things, as much as a game can replicate, the experience of being in that boat. So... A lot of people will see, oh, this is a real-time submarine game. I know a game like that, Captain Sonar. This game is nothing <laughs> like Captain Sonar. That game is frantic. It's simplified. It's all about the kind of the thrill of, you know, the interactions and all that kind of stuff. This boat wants to put you in a submarine and give you all the actions and give you all the stuff. So in terms of like a player experience, that's what you're getting with Uboot.
0: And I would agree. uh, So it's definitely, uh, you can feel the game there while you play and obviously play your cards and you have different actions, but the simulation comes through very strong. And so it is totally a sub simulator.
1: So there's a lot more we could talk about for this game. But like I said, if you're interested, uh, go check online. Uh, I will try to do a YouTube recording of this at some point, I think if I can figure out how to make it work. It's gonna be hard to record the app and everything, but we'll see if we we can get that to you guys. But with that enough said, let's jump into our review. If this is your first time listening. We do a top five review where we each choose five things you need to know about this game, and we listen from five being the least most important thing you need to know about it, and one being the most important thing you need to know. And along the way, each of these points will listen to, it to be a pro con or a mix. So with that said, let's have our guests go first. Jason, don't mind. What's your number five? What me? Yeah,
2: I was, I was prepared for this. Someone else go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hot potato <laughs> I'm good I'm good uh, okay uh, so my number five not a positive not a negative not a mixed I, I'm not really sure it's a it's more of a discussion and more of a thing to think about it is the fact that you are so it's a sim like we talked about earlier and it puts you in the position of the Germans in World War Two in submarine you know doing submarine things you know as in you know, you're making war, you know, you're not just like floating around doing random missions, you're shooting down, you know, ships and, you know, shooting down airplanes and all that kind of stuff. So it, what some people have said online is that you're playing a Nazi, you know, and that's what that's what this is, like you're playing the German forces during World War Two. And I think that when like, so that so to be clear, like there's no iron crosses, I believe in any of the iconography in the book, it's not, spe- it's not speaking out like, okay, this is a Nazi game. However, if you, you don't have to go far to put two and two together and come up with the conclusion that you're playing on the Nazi side, which might be a thing for some people, you know, if you really think about it, you know, some people just don't care. They want to play, you know, in this world, but it's there. So I'm not sure what to think about it. I just wanted to kind of raise it as an issue. So I don't know if you guys thought about it from that perspective, that people engaging with this game might have a problem with the fact that they're expected to immerse themselves in the world of playing a nazi it's actually funny you mentioned
0: this because i'm a big history buff and um yeah, we are actually talking about it at steve's uh, house when we played so one thing that's kind of unique in the craigs marine service was um since the the sailors were sort of out in the ocean and their wolf packs the strength, I guess I will say, of the Nazism didn't come across quite as strongly as the land forces. So, I mean, you had the Gestapo, the SS, the brown shirts, and they're really indoctrinated, right? The radio and sort of in town and roughing people up and make sure you vote. And, and the Kriegsmarine were almost a little bit more removed from that because it was really get off your boat, Uh, Enjoy girls and spend some of your money in town and then hop back on the boat and go back out on another tour. And so I don't think there was as much Nazism, uh, you know, on the boat, you know, like, you know, Hail Hitler and stuff like this. And so um, there's a good book that was written by uh, a gentleman who served on one. And he talked about that, how when they met the land soldiers and stuff, um, it was just very distinct. They they almost felt like they could see the brainwashing and propaganda in them because they didn't really see it much. Because when you're out in, in the sea, you know, you're, you're radio silent and things like that. So I totally get what you're saying. As you said, there's no overt sort of Nazism symbolism and things like that in the app and whatever. But yeah, you do have to understand when you write Sink This Merchant, it is probably American or British, and um, you know, so it's very actually a good point.
2: So it'd be mean, something to think about, I mean, it, I'm glad you actually articulated that, because it was a disconnect for me. I didn't know if the game was intentionally hiding the Nazi symbolisms for, you know, access purposes. No, it really is the fact that this was kind of this satellite operation, which, you know, I kind of makes sense, but it still, <laughs> you know, not a lot of people are going to make that distinction, and it's so it's a thing, you know, and I feel like it's a part of the conversation. I think uh, I was talking with some another content creator We might do a recording just on, you know, hit, difficult historical things that pop up in games. So, you know, something to think about.
1: Yeah. What do you think, Steve? I think you nailed it, Elijah, how the game doesn't necessarily put that in the system itself due to the fact that it was more of a military operation, not necessarily following the regime at that time. Is pretty much um, separated, and then I'm glad we had the discussion uh, about that because I know that would be something that I'm not sure how many of our listeners are aware of. I certainly wasn't until I talked to you about it. Yeah, it's a fair, uh,
0: fair point actually. So with that, I'm going to jump into my number five, if you don't mind. So it is. How do I explain this? Uh, It's kind of what you get um, for the price is uh, I think the rule book is really, really great. So um, the components are really good. Cards, the card stock, um, you know, you get sort of this protractor compass thing. The sub itself is really, really cool looking on the table. The rule book is like this great material. Like as I was thumbing through it, I'm just like, wow, I really appreciate this. And it's, it's very clear. So I like how the rule book is laid out Um, I like how the player mats sort of have spaces for tokens like the cooking of the meals, you know, um, and just the tactical map, right, for the navigator. And I don't know, all of it just feels really, really immersive and cool and well thought out. So for me, it's just kind of like the rulebook is done really well. Not a lot of ambiguity there and and, uh, the components are just really, really good. Kind of a con on this one, just really minorly is... The stuff doesn't fit back in the box together and I know some people were having horror stories about how it arrived at their doorstep so this one's a soft pro for me but i just I'm pretty happy overall with how the game was produced and the detail attention to detail like for example there's like pipes and stuff on the on the roof inside the sub which I thought was like unnecessary but super cool
1: so I have a little bit more to say about this later on my list but I'll add a little bit more to what you have to say now I think they did a pretty good job with some some of how the approach this game, uh, there were some issues I have with it, and one of them was these uh, busy tokens, they call them. So in the game, your sailors may be doing a task that requires an extended period of time to perform, unlike most tasks which require just a normal activation token. It's just a quick, quick thing to do. So these busy tokens, there are a couple of them in the game. Uh, there's one if you're um, doing an observation on deck, you're going to be up there for a while just scanning the horizon to look for other contact, other ships or the point of interest. Uh, So on one side, it has this really nice, like picture of the binoculars. On the other side, it's just a normal activation token. And same thing with the engineer, you've got wrenches to keep track of the severity of repairs and the other side is just a normal activation token. And so these can be uh, handled a little bit differently than the activation tokens because they persist between watches. But the one issue I have with that from a uh, experience standpoint is if you're flipped upside down you can't distinguish the special tokens from the normal tokens I really feel like they should have had some identifying mark on the standard activation token size so you know the other side had a special special thing to it so it was easy to sort and manage in that aspect so there's a few things that I really think they could have proved upon that one definitely stands out on my mind okay yeah, I remember us talking about that Steve I don't know Jason what do you think
2: I mean I you're the way that the mechanics play out in a match, we're going to have to say more about mechanics, that, it, you know, you're you're doing the ongoing action, like the binoculars or whatever. But then when you take somebody off of that shift, you flip it, and that's an activation token. So I get why they did that. And it's not that big a deal for me. I mean, I thought the component quality was pretty good. You know, I agree with you with the box stuff. Um It's... It lends towards the immersion part, and I'll have more to say about that later.
0: And on a criticism on this note, the sleeves that came with the game uh, were complete garbage. Uh, I ended up stuffing all the cards in them, but I probably shouldn't have. They're just they were too tight. Uh, that's a minor nitpick. I mean, but. I don't know, Jason, I'm curious, did you end up sleeving yours with what came in the box? or No, no. Okay.
2: <laughs> never. Yeah. So you, you were smart then.
0: <laughs> <No>.
1: <laughs> yeah, I bought different sleeves of mine. So I said wasn't going to bother with that. So. Yeah. Okay, I'll jump into my number five. And um, my number five is mostly a pro, but it's got a little bit of a con shattering in the background. And that is the role difficulty and how you can scale it independent of other rolls. So I really like this feature because if you're playing solo, you can drop all the roles down to like an easy level. It makes it much more uh, manageable for one player because there's a lot to take in on this game. And if you're playing at a higher player count or you have someone who's experienced in the game, you can totally choose their role and jump up that difficulty and it will only impact them for the most part. And the other people who are new to the game, they can have their own experience that's kind of tailored to them. Um, So that's what I really like about that. Now the con that shadows it a little bit is the activation rules there are a couple different ways the activations of these sailors could occur and like an easy level if they specialize in the task at hand you don't have to activate them at all unless it's um, something a busy token for example Uh, but as you increase in other uh, difficult levels then you have to do do a normal activation or two activations if they're not specializing it. And I feel like that level of activation could have been applied also with the difficult levels of each role, but instead it's kind of all roped into the captain's uh, difficulty setting. So it's easy enough. You can house rule it and still make it work out, and you can play it however you want, really. But that's something I would have liked to have a small tweak to that setting.
2: I'll have more to say about that later. Unless you want me to say it now. I mean, I could, I could could hop a line (laughs) on uh, a point. So, okay, why not? I'll just, this is my number two, actually. Um, So just the way that the activation tokens kind of play out. So uh, if you're, if you're thinking, if you're looking at the mechanics of the game, right, it's the, you have the captain and the captain is basically, it's almost like a, like a designated alpha player right so the person who's best at the game the person who's teaching the game generally is the captain so you're gonna say you know you're gonna move the, the, the piece which activates one of the other characters and there's different settings for that why are there different settings for that because there's like one basic setting but they got the, the developers got a lot of complaints about it so if each of these characters like the you know the sailors and the cooks and the all the they have you can activate them three times in a six hour span that is not a lot so especially with the basic normal rule where you know one activation one action if you're specialized two activation tokens if you're not so let's say you have to do a bunch of things let's say you you know you're you're coming up to something you're doing something exciting and you have you know you only have the couple of activation tokens available and you know you're barking out orders go 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 but then after one hour your crew is exhausted and they can't do anything you know because they've already activated their three activation spaces so what they did was they i felt like there was a very clunky fix and that's i think what you're talking about where they have these Difficulty level. so like you know now the if you're specialized in an action doesn't cost you an activation if you're on easy mode, or You know uh, if you can add all these extra activations if you do like what is it high alert or something? Uh, so there's like a, they, they did all these settings and they put them on the app So they, I don't think that none of this is available in the uh, rule book and so it just felt like okay They were going for a very tense action tight experience as a game, but then they also wanted the sim experience of Captain gives an order and somebody follows it, you, you kind of can't serve both masters. I think they can really mess that up in the initial design and they've tried to patch it after the fact. And I just, like, I'm confused. Like, I just don't know what is the best way to play, if easy mode is actually the best way. Eh, I don't know. It, it just feels like a kind of a, they kind of mess it up for me. Uh, ultimately, like, since it's my number two, like, I really, it's my strongest criticism of the game, actually. I just, I just got lost in, The activation flow and how that all played out.
0: So uh, that's interesting. Um, I'm actually kind of so I appreciate it um, that they were able to kind of flex after the fact. And I think what I see is that as you play the game more, you learn the system, and it doesn't it allows for less flexibility, right? When you're making and ordering your guys around, and what happens is when you get it into a bunch of people that have never play tested or you know played it, it's it's hard. And I think you feel that kind of coming through now how they patched it or whether it was or fixed it or tweaked it is you know up for debate but it also kind of to me harkens back to that sim like i mean these are guys on a boat and they only have so much stamina and they you know got to go to bed and especially in the middle of war and so i always look at it kind of like in that for me the theme i i try to hide that concept in the mechanics but i think what i like too is you can flex um, you know, honestly, you could, um, if you really wanted to, you might even be able to have a, like a beginner person playing in a role and they maybe just do their busy tokens differently, right? And their activation tokens. And I don't know that it necessarily break the game totally, but I don't know. It is, it does. I mean, I get where you're coming from, but for me, it's, I think it's kind of okay. I don't know if it's perfect, but that's my thoughts.
2: Well, I mean, I think that, like, just to speak to your point about like this game, if you play it more, like I think this game is meant for a a group of people who play this a lot, you know, or you you can play this too pretty effectively because you're playing all two people, two roles. And if you are just in the game and you are used to it and all that kind of stuff, like you see all the playthrough videos. That the publishers Fanex Games put up, you could just tell like they're just like popping, boom, 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 boom. Yep. You know, like I took this to a library demo event, and it was interesting. Oh wow! To wow. say the <laughs> least, you know. <laughs> I figured it's like you know it's a toy, so like you know, big submarine, right. and it'll attract some people, and you know, it will, yeah. I'll try to run through people. It was, it was, it wasn't a disaster. People had fun, but it, we weren't like really playing.
0: Yeah, we were
2: yeah. just you know we barely get through the tutorial missions because there's so much to explain, so much the activation tokens, and, and there was constantly people messing up, you know. So like you have to oh do you have a specialist that's in the your room when we're trying to you know we're trying to dive and all that kind of stuff? That's not a specialist though, and, and so mistakes happened a lot. So you know, not that I'm not saying that's a bad thing, I'm not. Um, that's a good thing. It, it helps the you know that kind of immersive experience. If you could, it's a game you could really sink your teeth in. Not every game needs to be like you know uh splendor where you just like sit down and play and some games d- deserve to be like hard hard to get into and, and reward your investment and this is definitely one of those
0: i commend you in doing a library demo on this game because <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that sounds really hard actually <laughs>
2: so but like cool. the, the thing that we ran into because we played with the normal rules was we would let's say over a six hour span let's say you know we were we we're we're we're, we're, we're all we're doing is just going. We're we're turning the ship, or we're turning the U-boat, and we're just going. Now you you basically have most of your guys have done most of their actions, and that's it. And it's mm-hmm. like we're just sitting there going, and most of the people have already done most of the stuff. So like when you actually find something, it's like oh no, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So I, I just felt like they they didn't get that balance right of abstract action management versus. Simulation. Captain gives an order, you know uh the the, sure. the the sailor should do the or or like you know do the order. And I think they did address it. I just feel like it's it's kind of tacked on and and it's almost like a, a a reboot of the rules with this sec with this like you know uh it, this perspective. You know, like larger playtesting, basically, which is a which is annoying because like as a Kickstarter, I feel like this game is in a position to be. You know, like basically this first wave of, of shipping is like the, the the larger blind play testing, and that's kind of that was a little bit frustrating. So sure.
1: So yeah, I see this game as having two two ends to it, where on the easier end of difficulty, it's more focusing on like the simulation experience as a whole, and as you become good at it, you move towards a higher difficulty end, which becomes a more of a heavier Euro worker placement efficiency engine where you have to be very careful on how you plan your actions. And I completely agree that I think the designers kind of screwed up uh, initially where I think they just became very good at at this game and kind of forget about the people who might just want to have a fun experience in it. Right. And so the rules in the rule book still apply, but they have this amendment. On it, and it's in it's it's in the app. It it shows you how to do it, so it's not at least in my experience, I didn't f- have much difficulty following that at all, or, or being able to apply it to my games. But I can understand your your complaint about it feeling a little bit tacked on. Like why it wasn't this more clear, like written down in a physical copy up front, versus you know putting this in in the app itself, where you can't necessarily see it as clearly.
2: Easy mode, hard mode, high alert. You know, right. extra actions, extra activations. If your if your guy is full of activation tokens, he can still go. But you add something to. It.
1: <laughs> but I will say that the rules as they are now for activation, I I love them. I think they really helped with a good balance of having guys running out of activations still so be able to do stuff. If you need more orders in a pinch, you have ways of doing that. So as the rules are, uh, are written now, I do feel like it is a good system. So that was a long number five. <laughs> well,
2: you, you got me into my number two, so uh, that'll, that'll, uh, that's that'll save us time on the back end.
1: Number five and number two. Okay, I'm going to jump into uh, my number four, I guess. My number four is actually a con, and that's the random missions, or kind of lack thereof. So the missions in this game, they're all set scenarios where, and there's a variety of them. I do like the variety, to be honest. But whenever I boot up the mission and I read the briefing, you always start in the same sector, and you always have the same elements in, this, in the same other sectors on the map. Like, you might have the minefield. It's always going to be that same location. You're going, always going to have this this target out in this location. And I feel like I would have really preferred to have those elements maybe still be there, but maybe in a different configuration, different random setting to really add a, just a little bit more to it. I mean, granted, when I'm playing this mission or scenario, there are events and other occurrences that happen that are random, it's not the same game every time. Like if I have a message from HQ, the, eight, the message could be a oh, U-boat needs help. and need you go, I can go help them out. And the next time I play it, that message could be like the, hey, I need to scout weather in the sector. So there's, there is replayability there. And I feel like the replayability is pretty good, but I, I really wanted more of that random mission. I really wanted like a, I don't know, more of a ability to kind of go out and explore the world.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. That's actually my number four as well, Steve. So I put it as a soft con. Um, the main thing being that uh, I agree with you. So when you launch the app, it's basically pick one of these and go and it's like, you know, there is none of that just, hey, pick a year, pick a time, right? May 1941 and just go and have the app procedurally generate right dynamic shipping maybe at that time, right? Uh, what what was the what were the allies flying at that time? What sort of ships were out? And um just kind of like again procedurally generate um some stuff and maybe start you off with an incoming message right so just i don't know you sail west and then you have an incoming enigma maybe a couple reports um i don't know just a way to give you like you said that open world feel because i think the game it's all there right and i just don't know if the budget's there and things in the app but i would agree with you um on this point actually that's my number four
1: while this is a con i would want i kind of want to have the random mission i it does make sense to me why they probably didn't do that because we haven't mentioned yet but this game does have the ability to have linked scenarios or a full-fledged campaign where you you go through all the scenarios in an order and it makes a cohesive story so it kind of makes sense of that that aspect but i still would have like some the ability to have a random tweak to it
2: you know it's a kickstarter game like you could tell a lot of love went into this package i'm actually a little bit more forgiving of that stuff they could put it in later like you know the random mission or the, the procedurally generated mission or you know now we're going to the mediterranean or you know, like it could fit that and i can see that they could see them wanting to just get the game in the wild in a completed state and let's just get people excited about it and depending on the response then they'll you know take the next steps and do some more of that, you know, kind of more open ended stuff. So I'm I, I, I agree I agree with you guys, but I just don't I didn't like think of it at all. I, I can understand where the developer's coming from. So my number four is the app. Um I liked the app. And I, I imagine it'll fold into your number three, Elijah, because we're talking about, you know, app integration yep, and all that kind of stuff. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, so we'll we'll talk about that. Yeah, perfectly uh perfectly folds in. So I I'm very like attuned to the relationship of the app and the board game experience like I don't want the I, I like apps are fine. I'm not a grognard when it comes to apps, you know, they're fine, you know, but they can't. I feel like they can't intrude upon the experience. I really felt we reviewed Lord of the Rings journeys a little while ago and you guys did it on co-op cast. Uh, I really felt that app was a went a little too far in terms of, uh, you know, it, it got in the way I felt like I was paying more attention to the app than to the board. Which is not what not a place where I want to be. What I want is the app to enhance the experience of the board. And I feel like this app found a way to supplement without being intrusive. I'm not paying attention to the app most of the time. And, you know, that like little things, like if, you know, you put enough um observers on the front deck, then it'll it'll just kinda like flag automatically. You don't have to like sit there staring at the periscope looking for people. It'll just, you know, ding. There's a there's a guy coming. Uh, a lot of a lot of notifications, you know, ding message, and you could just, you know, that's when you pick up the app. There, um, I imagine we'll talk about combat at some point. Uh, you know, combat. You know, you need you kind of need the app information in order to do what you got to do, but you get the information from the app. You work it all out physically, and then you put it back in, t- and then feed it, and just like kind of do the resolution. And there's no mystery to it. It's not like Journeys was where it's like test number three well or or test this what's the number i don't know the app is hiding it from me (laughs) you know i don't want that i I just want to know i just want to do a bunch of stuff on the board and then i put the information in the app And then you know it just kind of like moves me through resolution i don't want the app to hide that part and it that's that it happens here and it's perfect i love the app integration it did us so much to put me in the game uh, so just, I, I really like the way that worked out. I'm very forgiving of the lack of variety, uh, because I know they wanted to just get it in the wild. There's room for variety. So I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to it depending on how popular it is. So I, I mean, I just think it was really, really good for the most part. And if there's rough edges, then I'm willing to attribute it to the fact that, you know, this is a, a maiden voyage, so to speak for, you know, the company and they're willing to. You know, address whatever's there.
0: So, if we're doing this discussion, we definitely need to go to my number three, which is app. I mean, it's all
2: app. I think, yeah, I think we're kind of in this
0: realm. So, I'm gonna agree on a lot of your points. This one could go both ways for me. It was very difficult because I totally agree with you on a lot of your points. Um, I feel like in journeys, you're right. Uh, There's, it's definitely right. The fact that it comes up in discussion with people like, well, I pay too much attention. You do. It gets annoying. That's a problem. I mean, if it's at that level. Um, I think it makes sense to have an app be a bookkeeper, right? Shuffling of cards, randomness, and it definitely works really, really well in this game. Like you said, the observers, I think they, I think they do it really well. The problem I have is, you know, it is a Kickstarter game, and so my question is, what does the support look like, right? And they said this throughout the campaign that if we're going to shut things down, we're going to open source it and do whatever, and. Um, So, you know, and then I've heard talk on forums of like, you know, maybe there's no money left. Right. So maybe some bug fixes and that's it. So I question things like Wolfpack over the Internet. Like, can we link up games? like you had mentioned going into the Mediterranean. can Is that there? Do we support that? Huge flaw right now where you basically can't exit the app, right, while it's running. I mean, we had right. to get a charger pack. And so it's like, well, is that going to be fixed? I hope so. And then just talking with my son tonight, you know, I was kind of talking about the game and it occurred to me that, you know, you could be, right, an hour and a half into this game and the app could crash and what happens, Right. I mean, do you, do you lose? I mean, the table state doesn't change, right? My guys, my workers, all my stuff. But now what? With the tonnage you've sunk, where? What? how do I start over? And so it can swing both ways. I don't mind apps in my games as well. Um, I don't, you know, if I want to play an app, I'll do it. If I want to play a board game, I'll do it. If they're a hybrid, I'm fine with it as well. So like I said, this one can go both ways. I, f- I feel like it integrates with the Enigma. I'd like to see a little bit more complexity there with um, Steve and I were talking about this. It seems okay but I just question the viability. Like, what's the future look like? You know, some of these things. There's minor, like, I feel like it seems kind of amateurish. I mean, it's okay. But just like Steve and I were talking, when you're submerged, there's like no noise. I would love to just hear a hum, anything to help in, in the immersion. Is that going to come? I don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. where do I post the feedback for something like that? So, you know, that's the problem, I think, with apps um, is, you know, again, and if the game, if the app crashes, you, you know, how does it? where you left picking up the pieces essentially. So,
2: I consider that stuff peripheral in a way. Like, yes, it's it's annoying. This game's a long game. If you play, you know, a while and God forbid your phone dies or something, then you'll never get the game back. And that that's like like that it feels like more quality of life stuff. And and that's definitely worthy to mention. I feel like just in terms of the core game experience. Let's say you actually have all that stuff laid out and you're in your mission, and you're, you know, you're shooting down the plane or you're shooting down the, 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 the merchant ship or something like that. I feel like those core game experiences are well done. And as long as I have a core gaming experience, I can handle the rest, if that makes sense.
1: Sure. Yep. Yeah, I'm in agreement with that. And so, spoiler, I'll just jump. That my number two was basically this. Specifically, I had it listed as the, the line between app and board game. Because like you said earlier, Jason... Like oftentimes when you have an app and board game combined, the app can encroach on the board game. And I felt like this one did an excellent job Mm -hmm. where I still feel like the app's doing what it needs to do, but I'm still playing a board game. It hasn't forgotten that this is primarily a board game experience. My opinion of this is actually reinforced a little bit in the fact that I feel like I can still house rule this game if I feel the need to do so, despite the fact there's an app running a bunch of it the problem with the app obviously you can't house rule an app because you don't have access to that source code you can't really tweak anything but i still feel like like i mentioned earlier the activation rules you can totally house rule that and change it you want and it wouldn't affect the app at all because it does its own thing on the side and you stuff have the board game to play and the example of if your phone dies you kind of you know out of luck unfortunately but at least from my experience of this game that the the core system works really well If my phone were to die, I would be uh, very uh, disappointed in that. But at the same time, the experience I get out of it would, I would have have enough of that. I would feel justified that this was worth my time up to this point to play this game. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. So, like, as an example, though, you can't, I couldn't even hit the home button, right, on my iPad. You can't even exit out and open a tab in Chrome and and search anything. It's like you can't exit out. So, it's not even crashing. It's just kind of that experience. But again, I'm going to agree that to me, the app complements the game perfectly as far as like, you know, even you, Steve and I were doing stuff right playing and it got so hectic in the sub and it's like, hold on, just crap, pause this thing because I just right now the stress level, I just got to fear this. Th-. So it worked really well. We could pause, kind of like talk about it, um, but we didn't have to. We could have let it go right and create that chaos of war and sort of our sub um, under attack and, you know, shooting with the uh, 80 millimeter gun and stuff is just awesome. Very thematic. Um, so I would agree. It, Like I said, some people hate anything with an app. I think it's done really well here, like you said, Steve, with house ruling and things like that. So one thing I think is really worth mentioning as well is the publisher and designers have released things that are sort of an unknown in the app. So for example, how far can I see if I have three observers on the deck? So this information has been released now, right, of what sort of numbers the app is using, and you can print those out and have them as a reference, with it, which I think is really, really
2: great. Yeah, that was my number four, Steve's number th- uh, 11 just number three
1: and my number two which was a pro by the way <laughs> <laughs> We're all over the place in this one. <laughs> i guess i'll um, jump into my number three and my number three uh piggybacks a little bit off of what was said earlier about component quality i won't rehash that but i had uh something else listed with it i had component quality versus packaging quality and so i kind of want to uh, mention this because i think it's very important and this was a con a pretty strong con for me unfortunately the component quality i thought was actually really good i really liked the artwork i think there's Nice big to cardboard tokens. The sub's really nice. There's a lot of really nice things in the box. But there is zero insert inside that box when you open it up. And so when you're shipping this box around to the various locations across the world, these components are all loose inside there and banging into each other. I was fortunate enough or I didn't have any damage. I didn't notice any damage on any of my components. It was fine. But I have seen and heard of horror stories of people open up the box and like whole cards are like bent in half and and things are already punched down there's there's damage on various tokens and stuff like that so that's just really unacceptable like i feel like this is a kind of a rookie mistake now the the caveat to that is the company is being very responsive on remedying these situations and sending out replacement parts so i don't think you'd be out of luck if you were to buy this game and had damage in there that you wouldn't be able to get a replacement
2: yeah right. i totally agree i think this is this bears this bears the mark of A Kickstarter from a company that hasn't had a lot of games. I think Phalanx Games. They have Hannibal and Hamilcar, something like that. Not too many more um, games after that. And this was like a huge swing, which is what Kickstarter is for. Uh, I had a problem with the fact that it feels like this first wave is like the latless, like beta playtesting, as opposed to like the real game experience, And, and then the component quality stuff like that. So you know. I think we have a lot of positive things to say, but we definitely do want to give the, you know, people the impression who are looking at the game that you might be in for some production side stuff that you might not want to deal with.
0: Part of me opened the box and thought, did they like forget to put the insert in? But (laughs) I mean, honestly, because I looked at it like, well, did you were they seriously packing these in China or wherever and like forgot because I was quite shocked, but. And luckily, uh, I had nothing that was damaged. But Steve, like you said, I know people out there have had, which is good. The
1: publishers help, you know, fixing that. So yep, that was my number three. So con.
2: My number three is the structure of cooperation in the game. So we mentioned a little bit in terms of the activation powers, uh, the activation tokens, and everything. It's really, it was really awesome. This is like a pure pro. That it does have, you know. The different roles do very, very different things. You have the one guy, and there's usually one guy or gal. Uh, there's usually one person at the table that is kind of like leading the game, especially, you know, when pe- where people are kind of getting into it or they have that kind of quote-unquote alpha personality. And it's like, okay, if you're going to alpha game, well, first of all, don't alpha game, but like in that pure sense of like telling everybody moving pieces, don't do that. But there is there are people who just see the moves, earlier than other people and it's like okay put they make that person captain and that person can you know can i get this can i get this can i get this and then other people who are more focusing on their particular thing so like the net na- like like the the navigator has um access to like that what, what do you call it? the sextant or something that wheel and you know the protractor and all, <laughs> all the
1: navigation disc yeah discs.
2: all the navigation stuff and you know so they have enough to where they can't just be controlled, but at least, you know, the, the the captain will say, do this, and then the navigator has a bunch of stuff to do, and then things will result from that. You put, you know, whatever comes out in the app and that kind of stuff. I felt like it just felt really awesome as a cooperative experience. There's so many cooperative games that just don't pay attention to the actual structures of cooperation. It's like, how are we supposed to cooperate? You know, I played a game recently. Uh, it's kind of escaping me where... It was basically a solo game, and there was no structure of cooperation. It's like, well, just talk about what you're supposed to do. It's like, well, okay, that's not cooperation. That That's collaboration, you know, but it's not mechanical cooperation. They This game felt like they just did so much to, you know, okay, here's the captain. Here's the navigator. Here's some other people. Here's the sailors, and everybody's doing their own thing. And but it's it's asymmetric in its own way. I, I mean, I, I don't want to go on too long about it. it. I just felt like it was a pleasure engaging in the game that way.
0: So we are jumping around. Uh, this is actually my number two. So I'm just gonna jump right into it. That the roles feel very unique and balanced. And like you had said, there this game is intense co-op. There's just no way, right? The captain is. We need to mobilize. I gotta get this sub to the surface, right? I gotta take. Let's take a look. We had hit the navigator saying, what's our, what's our heading again. Right. And, and what's our depth and um, you know, are we going to be eating tonight? And so it's just all this table talk and all this cooperation and the roles feel unique. Like you had said, you kind of have that, if somebody's a good alpha gamer, right. Stuff them into the captain and, you know, just mechanically, maybe you get more of the tactical stuff and like you're the navigator and the first officer someone who's maybe really good with the app or just like, I don't know the healing and just all of that. So for me, it's, I'm going to just tail on your number three. My number two was a strong pro that each role feels really unique, a lot of fun, fairly well balanced, and they all have a good amount going on. So, I mean, the captain is kind of, you know, he's got his stuff. I wouldn't say that like one role is way more sort of idle than the others. Right. And, um, you know, and you're cooperating like, hey, engineer, do you need help? Yeah, dude, I got to patch this thing and I got a light bulb out here. And so, you know, can you, yeah, I can help you out. And so there's that intense co op, like you said, it's not collaboration. And you can play those like multi solitaire, right? Where you're just all kind of there. and. It's just not possible. I mean, we're all in the sub here. Like, you know, what's our depth? And does any, you know, I got to, we need help. And so it's just, that's my number two. I love it. I just love each role is so important um, and so unique. And there's just so much cooperation going on. It's great.
2: I read an article somewhere. I don't, I'm trying to find it. I can't, but like, it was an actual like submarine guy. Like, and he was, he was, he was a veteran. He was, you know, active in World War II and everything. I don't know if he was a German, but he kind of knew what that was. And, you know, playing this game solo and saying, yep, they did it. <laughs> this is great. Wow. <laughs> and, that's cool. And, you know, obviously there's like game mechanical things that, that are different than what's in the actual sub. But like you're talking about somebody who his whole life was in the Navy, you know, and experiencing this stuff. And they're like, yep, nailed it. And so that's all that's all I need to know, you know, and even if they was like they fool me in some ways, like they kind of fudge on how this worked and how that worked. And I'm sure cooking a meal wasn't like picking from a triangle full of discs (laughs) 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 in a real U-boat, but why not? (laughs) Um, But, you know, I love the fact that the roles, like the actual mechanisms of cooperation acted to put me in there as opposed to just kind of like giving me a bunch of stuff and saying, okay, you know, you're in a sub now. That's great.
1: Yeah, I agree completely with what you guys are saying. The cooperation is on point. It is amazing. And the the interesting thing about it is I don't know if it's how they laid out the roles or how the order system works or something, but it felt almost natural how, how this cooperation worked where I don't have to be like, okay, in order to play the game, I need you to tell me this information. No, it would be like, okay, well, well there's a ship out here. What do we need? And and people will start chiming in. Well, I've got, I've got to get us on course, okay. We need to move you guys. Does anybody else need to move you guys? Yeah, I need got those repairs over here, okay. I need some more help, and everyone starts chiming in and, and helping each other out. Like, okay, and this whole plan, yeah, the captain's in charge, has a final say of it, but everyone is contributing to what they need and helping each other out because everyone has a piece of the window we're looking through and we're all trying to put this together
0: yeah i would agree we we had a couple of scenarios right where it was like hey here's what i'm thinking it's like
1: uh do you realize
0: i can't do that because i need help oh wow and so just kind of that table talk and intense collaborations
1: just yeah really good and so now we're on to our number ones i'm gonna have i've got kind of a two-part number one one minor note or kind of minor note and that's gonna be a con actually and that's or it was mentioned was the lack of say feature um i think this is a a pretty big problem because it would be really nice to just keep the board game on the table and be able to come back to the app later. But I know they're working on it. So that's why I want to just put a quick uh, note in here that it will likely get fixed in the future, but at the time of the recording, it's not there yet. But outside that, I, we have another number one, which I suspect we all might have the same one.
2: Come on, let's just spit it out. <laughs> <laughs> number one is going to be the same thing.
1: Yes, it's uh, the immersion of this game is absolutely ridiculous in a good way. <laughs> it is amazing. Yep, I had uh,
0: Best Sub Simulator out there in its uh, historical theme and immersion.
1: Yep. Yeah, I mean, that's what this game is. And I've seen the comments on um, online too, other people mentioning about this and how immersive this game is. You really, I, when we're playing, I forget about the time. Like, oh my gosh, we were just playing with Elijah and he came over in the morning, and you know, I know we had to order order some lunch at some point to take care of that. And we looked at the time, like, holy crap, wait, it's way past uh, noon already, and we haven't even talked about food because we're just so engrossed in what's happening. And we've got these these sound effects happening where, like, you're underwater and you hear you you know the enemy searching for you, and you just everyone's kind of quiet, and you hear the, the sonar ping, and you kind of start scrambling, like, crap, they found us, and like, what do we do now? Or you hear depth charges coming down, you tr- uh, coming down, you have to figure out what to do, or maybe you're silent, they haven't. Picked you up and hear the the, the low rum the prop blades above you and oh my gosh, holy crap! That just really sinks into you.
2: I actually so uh, yes, thematic immersion. Th- this game, you you're that's what you're getting for this game. Um, I have a a little bit of a twist on it though. Um, so yes, thematic immersion. We talked about the app, talked about cooperation. It's all in service of this immersive experience. The thing that I felt like stuck out to me in terms of that part is. Thematic immersion makes bad mechanisms good. So hear me out. Targeting in this game sucks. Like it sucks. It you have to move things with a protractor, and you have to move your ship, and you have to like, you know, there's this, you know, the navigator has these little independent tokens, and it's almost like they're playing battleship on their little uh pad over here, and it's like, okay, I need to intercept this vector and the the navigation disc is like this intimidating thing to start, and it's like, oh, <laughs> it, you know, and, and it's so much, you know, like, you know, and, and like showing it at a library, people, you know, like seeing their, seeing the confusion wash over people <laughs> as they're engaging <laughs> with the game. It just, it, and, you know, and we got to the targeting. We got, you know, we sunk a ship, and uh, it just felt very clunky, and, but that's what happened in those ships. So, It it goes from this frustrating experience to, oh, my goodness, that's how they targeted. It was this inexact science with protractors and graphing paper, and they had to do it. And I'm just sitting here in my table. I can, you know, kind of wrap my mind around what's happening and try to make it happen, too. And like you guys said, the more you play it, the more it just kind of becomes second nature okay, you know, there's a merchant ship over there. I have to take out the protractor. I have to calculate my vector and my bearing. And, oh, my goodness, you know, the ship is passing by. We better get off a torpedo and we have to sink it. And so, you know, and and also, like, you know, the firing a torpedo, we have to, like, you know, flood the chamber. It's like, oh, my God, we didn't flood the chamber. (laughs) Why isn't the torpedo working? (laughs) All that stuff is so frustrating. But in service of this awesome goal of thematic immersion, and I, it's a risky move like it would have been really easy to simplify all that to streamline all that what do we like to say about games a lot of games is it's streamlined those it's a good thing there's nothing streamlined about this game but it works and it just underscores the point that like if you want to make a truly thematic game you have to take some risks on some questionable mechanisms as long as you make sure that it's in service of that theme.
0: Okay, I agree with you on a lot of those points. Um, I've been watching this game forever. It was a rumor on BGG for years, and somehow Stephen and I ended up talking about it. And I've looked for a good sub-game. So I mean, I've read some books about U-Boat stuff, and World War II. I'm a huge fan and stuff, and just all history in general. And I've tried other stuff, but a lot of them are counters, your traditional war game, Um, Much more abstract and there's a couple out there that come pretty close Um, So for example certain torpedoes are available during certain years right taking it to the next level like that You know, they they uh, the Germans had come up with different technology for the torpedo heads And then the motors were more reliable and then the stream steam versus electric and things like this and they're just dry though and that's what this game gets is its table presence the app integration the theme and just the way that they honor history like you had said right it just sucks flood that torpedo tube and all these protractor and like tactical that's how it was right these these boats were just crazy uh difficult and had problems the, things broke down and and all of that and you know the steve and i were talking about the survival rate on them was terrible you know i mean it's amazing that these guys volunteered and so i think it's just it's the best sub board game you're going to get, in my mind, it's table presence is huge. It takes up a lot, but it's totally worth the experience. And I think it just, it does it really well.
1: Yeah, that uh, with the Navigator trying to figure out those attack vectors, that was pretty intimidating at first. And like I me, mean, I admittedly didn't really know much of anything about submo- submarine warfare. And actually, one thing we haven't mentioned is in the box, they do not only come with the rule book, but it also comes with a tactical guide which is actually pretty nice and gives me some basic concepts on how submarines operate back then. Um, it's kind of an additional reading. You don't have to read it, but I do recommend the owner of the game to read it, or at least someone be aware of it, because it took me a while to understand those attack vectors and like how important it is to you know broadside and how much of a factor that comes into play with making a successful attack run. And now that I've played it a few times and I feel like I've got that understood, it helps a lot. Now I can ratchet up that difficulty in that, for that role for myself, for example, but yeah, there's definitely a, a, a um, quite a bit of skill in this game and stuff. I'm still trying to learn, and I think a perfect example is my stupidity at captain, <laughs> which is actually a pretty funny story. <laughs> so <laughs> Elijah and I were playing, and so we're we're sailing along, you know, going to some other the destination, and so soon enough we get three contacts pop up. And so we, we scout out there. There's an escort up ahead with two merchants behind it. Like, ooh, this is this is really tempting. I think we should do this. So like we get all prepped up, we we get a nice attack vector, we decide to go underwater, submerge, and just underwater we get another contact pops up. Like Whoa, what is this contact? It's a, a third merchant ship. I'm like, oh my gosh, we have to do this. So anyway, we get our attack vectors in, we flood the tubes, get three torpedoes lined up, and we fire these three torpedoes at at these merchant ships and, you know, the tension's building. As you see this there's a uh, counter actually tells you how far it is to hit target for each of these uh, torpedoes. That's really exciting. So but anyway, long story short, the, we hit all three ter- three merchant ships and the uh, escort doesn't know where we are because we're already underwater. So, and then Elijah turns to me and says, Okay, cool. We did a great job. Now, now where do we go now? Do we have to do some invasive maneuvers? And I'm looking at the, uh, the, uh, the navigators. So I'm looking at the board. And I'm like, well, we kind of have to go straight anyway to get to our destination. So, he doesn't know where we are. Well, we'll be fine. We'll just go straight. And then soon enough, as we approach closer, the escort is dropping depth charges <laughs> and me being dumb as a captain. Forgot that depth charges come off the back of the escort. And so we just drove straight into that death charge and blew up basically.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was it was great, and I will say, Steve, you're a really great navigator because I'm first officer, right? And he's like, "Wait, what's the bearing of the enemy?" Right to you know what two forty two or whatever. And he's like, "Okay, so let's change course to this," and I'm like, "Dude, that's that. What the heck are you doing?" And like, sh- sure as daylight, right? We surface, and they're like right there, perfect. And I was like, "Dude, you line this up like so good." So it was just it was a lot of fun, but yeah. Uh, we call you uh, Captain Straight On into the enemy depth charge because it was like no <laughs> evasive, just straight through the wake. But um,
1: it was a lot of fun. Well done, Steve. You're a pro. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so note to others, don't have me captain when we play this game together. So, <laughs> so that's going to summarize our top five points of this game. Let's go into final thoughts and... We'll have our guest start, I think. Jason, what's your final thoughts on this game?
2: So I really enjoyed this game. It's so hard to talk about because there's stuff that I really, really liked. There's one aspect that I found super frustrating, and it might ultimately be the thing that prevents this game from, you know, like getting real table presence and like, you know, because this game is a hard sell. You know, I don't have a lot of World War II submarine fans in my life. I'm not even one. I just like thematic experiences and this is definitely that. So, the theme and the cooperation and the love that went into this game. I like the app immersion. There's so much that I really like about this game. However, just the actual the actual kind of way that the activations work and, you know, the tokens and and the different the fact that there's so much in the app and not in the rule books. You have to kind of figure out which am I playing easy, am I playing normal? It just it takes away from what could be just an unbelievable, you know, thematic experience. It's it's definitely a you know a, um, a connoisseur's game, you know, in the in the strictest sense of the word. And I like that. Um, I I'm looking forward to them what they do and if they're able to kind of like settle on a system of rules that answers you know some of the uh, the questions that people have but you know it, it, this, this game took a big swing i think it I'm, i'll call it a double you know uh i gave this game eight out of ten on bgg which is a pretty high grade for me the, it, it needs it needs a little bit more refinement in order for me to really give a recommendation to people who are looking at it you know production wise a little bit rough what, what we talked about so you know uh with all those provisos like i just i really enjoyed my engagement with this with this game
0: yeah so i guess my final thoughts are i would echo a lot of um what jason said and for me it's the best sub simulator out there as far as thematics go as far as immersion goes it has a huge table presence it's a big game it takes up a lot it's not something that i would bring to christmas or any kind of holiday with family because it's just it it is very much a connoisseur game you i think it can be approachable to most people But um, you would have to want to go on a sub in World War II and sync stuff. Because if you have, if that doesn't interest you in the slightest, I don't know that you would appreciate Mm -hmm. the game. I think it's done well historically. I still love the app and how it integrates, but I I would love to look for more updates there for the pausing and just different random missions and different things like that. So, But it's a solid game. I guess I'd probably agree with your eight. That sounds about right. I'm glad I backed it. I'm glad I own it. I can't see me trading it away ever. Um, It's just a lot of fun. It's not something I'm going to play all the time, um, but what I'm looking for that sort of a lot going on, tension and I wanna be in a, in a you know sub World War Two, this is the go to game for me.
1: Yeah, so there's definitely some issues with this game for sure. We've I think hopefully highlighted these two our listeners on some of the shortfalls of it. But when I, I was super excited for this game for the longest time and there were some issues with it delivering on time, so unfortunately my excitement dwindled. I got to the table and was like, well, we'll see what it is. My excitement is level isn't that high and I absolutely loved it. I love, love, love this game. It's so much fun. I'm not gonna say it's like gonna be like my top game all the time, no way. But it's definitely up there. And I was curious about how this theme and game will approach someone who's really not interested in it. So I had asked my wife, for example, to sit down and play with me. She's this is not really her style of game at all, to be honest. So she sat down and played in, and then she her response was like, "Man, this is this is really taxing and strategic." And she kind of like was struggling because there's like, "Man, there's so much so much going on. I, I don't know if I can handle this." But while she was actually playing it, she was doing all the roles and doing all, everything that she needed to do and was doing fine at the game. So I'm not sure if it's like a mental bridge yes, has that's there to overcome. And it ultimately might not be for her, especially with the theme. I think Jason, we talked about it earlier, that's a great point that this theme is definitely not for everyone. But I love stealth games. And this gives me that ability to be stealth in a unique, unique game experience. Not to mention, I, I don't really know of any other board games that cross into the simulation zone. So it definitely holds a, a spot on my shelf for that. It's I like it enough where when I got it, I opened it up, played it a, f- a few times, and it never left my table. I stayed set up for almost a week so straight as I was learning more about the game, experimenting with different things, and learning all different roles. And yeah, I'm a big fan of this game. This is a strong recommend for me, assuming apps uh, aren't a turn-off for you and the theme itself uh, is at least a little interesting. I would definitely recommend trying this out. So that's going to conclude our review of U-Boat, the board game. So thanks, Jason, for joining us on this chat. I really appreciate it. So how can people find you on the internet? All right, so
2: I am the host of Every Night is Game Night. As Eve introduced, we uh, cover a lot of overlap with you guys because I'm a huge co-op fan. Uh, We uh, do a lot of solo as well. Um, My podcast partner, Anthony, covers Euros. So between the strategy and the theme, uh, we have you covered with your gamers' games. Uh, We also have lots and lots of discussion topics, and we've been really popping with some serious topics. Uh, I'm a mental health therapist, so you're going to hear a little bit about, you know, the crossover between mental health and gaming. Uh, Recent episodes includes talking about, you know, hot-button topics like paid reviews and, you know, what is a thematic game and all that kind of stuff. So if any of that sounds interesting to you, go ahead and check us out. Every Night is Game Night. You can go over to EveryNightIsGameNight.com, ENGN underscore podcast, And the Slack. I am in the Slack over at One Stop Co-op Shop participating in conversations. So you know that's a good place to get me there as well.
1: Excellent. Yeah, it's always a pleasure to have you on.
2: Super fun, guys. Thank you so much.
1: So if you have any news or upcoming games you'd like to discuss, reach out to us on One Stop Co-op Shop at gmail.com or feel free to join us on Slack. I'll have a link to join in the episode description. And join us next week when Mike and Peter cover another cooperative game and discussion topic. And we'll see you at the next stop. Later, everybody. Thanks for listening to another episode of the One Stop Co-op Shop podcast. Please check out our YouTube
0: channel at One Stop Co-op Shop, where you can get great game playthroughs and five and
2: five reviews. If you want to have a conversation with us, the best place to reach out to all of us is on the Slack channel. Links are in the show notes. You can also talk to us on Twitter at MVP Board Games or email us at MVP Board Games at gmail.com. Thanks for
0: joining us again, and we'll see you next week with another Top 5 list.
2: So is it U-Boat or U-Boot?
1: Oh, probably U-Boot. U-Boot.
2: U-Boot. I I don't know if I should put an umlaut in there, or if I should pronounce that with some sort of...
1: (laughs) Definitely for our our listeners,
0: yes. Put the... the...
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think Elijah might be our resident uh, World War Two.
0: So I think there was something on the Kickstarter or something on YouTube where they were saying it was Ubot, right, Steve? But Ubot, I, yeah, that's what I thought. I actually don't know. So can we just call it Sub Wars? Maybe. <laughs> Let's call it Captain Sonar. <laughs> there you <Four> go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really have much to add to that, but it's. Uh, Good stuff. You can so, edit that out, Steve. Thank you. Yeah, I will. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, create my work for Steve.
2: Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Hang fire. on the doorbell. a.m.
1: editing this nonsense. <laughs> <laughs>